This is the Deep Thoughts Podcast, where we explore one aspect of the Christian faith a little more deeply. I am your host, Matt Schatz, and in this episode, we are talking about medical assistance in dying, also known as MAID. Specifically, we're looking at four issues for Christians to consider when thinking about MAID. This is a very special episode of Deep Thoughts because my guest is my mom. She's been a palliative care nurse for a few decades. She also has terminal cancer. I'm so uh, thankful for her faith, for her courage, for her insights uh, on this topic. And because of her circumstances, her incredible credibility. So thanks for joining me for this special conversation with my mom. Let's get started. Well, this is an especially exciting episode because my guest today is my mom. Welcome to the podcast, mom. Thanks, Matt. This is a treat. Why don't we just start by you... Telling our listeners uh, your 10 favorite things about me. Go, Go ahead. <laughs> well, that's not hard. <laughs> no, let's move on. Um, I'm looking forward to this conversation. In fact, well, I've had it with you before, but I'm glad for our listeners to get to think about it. We are talking about MAID, medical assistance in dying. So I guess the very first thing right off the bat is what exactly is that? So medical assistance in dying is a procedure by which a medical practitioner administers a substance that actually causes death. It's not the same as as discontinuing medical interventions or treatments. It's actually causing death to occur, and it has been legal in Canada since 2016. So like a ventilator would keep someone alive. It's technology that would keep somebody alive who otherwise would pass away by natural causes. Right. Whereas this is causing death. Right. If you took, turned the ventilator off and the person died, that would not be considered medical assistance in dying. That would just be natural dying. This is giving a poisonous substance to the person that makes their hearts and breathing stop. Right. So what we want to discuss in this episode is really how 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 we should think from, from the Christian perspective on this. And since it's become legal in Canada in 2016, it's something that we need to give careful thought to. And so you have really four issues that you invite Christians to consider when thinking about MAID. What's the first one? The first one that I think is really important for Christians to think about is the concept of suffering. Because really most people choose MAID because they want, they don't want to suffer. They want to be, escape suffering. But suffering is part of the human condition. It, it comes to everyone. Should our response to suffering be to say, I want to die? I'm not, I don't believe that that's the biblical response. Hmm. Paul wrote in Romans that we should rejoice when we encounter suffering. That's not always easy to do. But Paul said that it helps to build endurance and strength of character. And it focuses our attention on the hope of our salvation. As Christians, we're followers of Christ. And who suffered more than Christ? And we are 
given his life as an example, we're called to follow in his steps. And when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, facing the greatest suffering that any of us can possibly imagine, what was his prayer? Not my will, but thine be done. Mm -hmm. And he went ahead to the death of the cross. Yeah. I think it's natural to want to avoid suffering, right? And like, I don't think we should unnecessarily seek out suffering. Like, you know, like there is, you know, in Christian history, sometimes there were those who sought out suffering, you know, odd people. I'll gouge out my eye, literally, because that's maybe what I'm supposed to do. I don't know that we're supposed to unnecessarily pursue suffering, but I think there's a natural inclination in us, even when suffering comes, to try and just get out of it as quickly as possible. But when suffering does come, I think we are invited as Christians to let suffering do its work in, in our lives because it, it isn't without purpose. Exactly. And even as a palliative care professional, uh, having spent decades nursing in palliative care, I was a little uncomfortable with the definition of palliative care, which says we are to relieve suffering. I, I, I believe that people suffer... We should do what we can to make people as comfortable as possible and to support them. But suffering still is part of dying and end of life. It's natural. Mm. And what's most important, I think, as healthcare professionals, but also as Christians, is to be with people in their suffering. And that's what supports them. Not to, We can't always take away all suffering, but we can be with people just as Christ is with us. That's really good. Um, I should have set up the context a little bit more, but you just mentioned it there. One of the reasons you're speaking about this topic is because you have been a palliative care nurse for how long? Like, Well, I've been a nurse for, for 47 years, but I have worked exclusively in uh, palliative care since 1999. So professionally, you've thought about this a lot, and then personally, it's, it's kind of being... You're applying some of these thoughts in your own journey right now too, right? Right. So 10 months ago, uh, I discovered that the breast cancer that I had five years ago has metastasized to my lungs, my lymph, and my bone. And I know that um, although I'm on treatment right now that is giving me good quality of life, uh, life is somewhat limited for me, which at age 66 is uh, seems a little bit premature. Yeah. You're so young. <laughs> um, well, I, yeah, and I, some people in my life know know about this, and and I almost always the thing I say to them is, no, I don't know anyone who's thought about death more than my mom because you've been a palliative nurse for for so long. Um, but I also say, that, but you also have this really strong faith, right. so you've thought through death and dying, and you have a strong faith that I think. Uh, dispel some of the the fear that could be around it so I think you're the mm -hmm. perfect person to talk about this with yeah. and I'm glad we get to mm -hmm. get to talk through it so the first okay. issue you invited us to consider was suffering what's the second so the second one is autonomy and it really is the notion of autonomy on which this whole um, made medical assistance in dying law has been based in Western culture, we put a very strong value on autonomy, mm -hmm. um, stronger than many other cultures in the world. 
we believe that being independent and making our own decisions uh, is important and we have the right to, to, to choose and determine how our life is going to be which is a bit of a false thing we don't actually there are a lot of things we don't have control over in our lives uh, being diagnosed with metastatic cancer is not something I would have chosen but it was what it was was dealt to me um, and and I have to believe that it was within God God's will but most uh, most people will pick uh, made um, because they want to control their death and also because they don't want to be a burden to mm. others. They want to be independent. But, you know, caring for people within our families is normal. <laughs> when you were a baby, um, it was, it, it was uh, not necessarily easy to get up in the night repeatedly and when you're when you had ear infections to deal with a child that was uncomfortable and and and, and uh, in pain and but it, it, I don't was, I don't want to talk about that it's too painful <laughs> it's too painful to, to reflect on but me. it's part of motherhood and and you, you you do that and you yes you're tired and yes you wish you weren't in the middle of that but you also do it with joy because um, you know, you have, you've been given this, this privilege of, of parent, of parenting a child. So we care for our babies, our children. Um, and then when we get to the end of life, our children sometimes have to take care of us. And so many of my patients resented that. They, 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 they didn't want to be a burden to their family. They didn't want their children to care for them. And yet caring for each other while it can be burdensome, can also be seen as a privilege, and and it's natural, yeah. and and we've lost some of that, um, and not just within families, but within the Christian family. So Scripture emphasizes the importance of the church community caring for people, and I think at end of life, this is a wonderful time for people to care for each other. When I was so sick last winter, it it was. It, it meant so much to me when people were bringing soup uh, to the house and 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 doing practical things to care for me and and I was overwhelmed with uh, the feeling that I mattered hmm. um, and we give that gift to people if we allow ourselves to be sick and, and vulnerable yeah there's uh I mean there's that kind of old adage you know you change someone's diapers at the beginning of their lives and then you change their diapers at the end of their lives and we think oh you know I don't want that but like and so we want to bypass that expecting that they're they're with the, with the thought that there's nothing to be gained or there's mm -hmm. there's nothing of value that exists in that mm -hmm. but what you're saying look, looking back on infancy of kids and mothering is the same of children caring for parents or people in the church community caring for those. There is a humility that could come from that. There is a, mm -hmm. a value. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. this value in being the community in a lot of civilizations in history and in other parts of the world, there's, there's the community before the individual. And this issue actually pushes back on probably where we've got it quite wrong in our society that, it's that autonomy first priority. I will control this. And there it's trying to bypass what in all likelihood is of value for our character, 
for those who might, would care for the individual and those, the yes. one that needs to be cared for. There is something right. to be gained in that process, right? Right. That's what I agree. And it, it, as a church community, it gives us the opportunity to live out those each other commands, right? Yes. To love one another, to encourage one another, to serve one another, to be kind and compassionate to one another. We can only do that if people have needs yeah. <laughs> that we can meet. And there is value, I think, for the person that is um, meeting the needs as well as the person whose needs are being met. So what's the third issue for Christians to consider when thinking about medical assistance in dying? The third one is dignity. And, you know, there is an organization within Canada called Death with Dignity, and they promote MAID. Um, and by implication, uh, they, they suggest that dying by lethal injection is more dignified than dying naturally. Um, and that's because our society tends to look at dignity um, on the basis of what we do. So people, patients would often say to me, you know, if I can't toilet myself anymore, then I would want to have made because I, that wouldn't be dignified. As you referred to, you know, having your diapers changed when you're an adult near the end of life. People consider that undignified. But for, I have two concerns. One is um, this has big implications for the disabled community. Yeah. There are people living in our communities who cannot toilet themselves because of their disability. They are dignified and we need to be very careful when we're thinking about dignity yeah. um, and and basing it on the uh, uh, placing emphasis on the basis of what we can do right. but secondly Christianity identifies our dignity as being made in the image of God so as Christians I think we shouldn't be thinking about dignity on the basis of what we do but on the basis of who we are when I think about Jesus hanging on the cross, I can't think of a greater suffering. I can't think of a greater, what our society would likely call indignity. Indignity, yeah. And yet, was Christ, did Christ lack dignity? He was God. Clearly, he had dignity. And people who are dying have dignity as well. And we don't need to have made to die with dignity. A natural death... Um, can be a dignified death because we are God's image and whatever happens to us, our dignity is, is inherent in that. Yeah. I mean, those are two incredibly important points. If we have dignity or, or value or worth merely by what we can do, what we contribute, can contribute to society, um, that is a dangerous, mm -hmm. like a, a dangerous doctrine or, or, mm -hmm. Uh, rationale that I think we've seen play out either in scenarios like uh, in Hitler's regime or we even see played out where MAID has been legal in places like Belgium for longer where now we're broadening the mm -hmm. um, definition of incurable disease and those kinds of things and it's involving kids, it's involving the depressed and, it, yes. and, and it's it really is uh, uh, quite a slippery slope, mm -hmm. actually. And, and that image of God piece of dignity saying, 
all human life, defining it so broadly, all human life um, is dignified because it's in the image of God. And then that, that second point you bring up about Christ appearing indignified on the cross was actually, you know, it, it was so misunderstood at the time, right? Uh, a death by crucifixion was the worst possible death you could imagine, so undignified. And yet, Jesus triumphed over death in that act. And so it's pretty significant uh, kind of upside down view there. And, and I think that this is another scenario where we, we need to get this one right. And I don't want to minimize um, the significance of not being able to do things. <laughs> I, I, I have seen patients, for example, with ALS who are losing the ability to do everything. Yeah. They cannot walk, they cannot use their hands, they cannot speak, they cannot swallow, eventually they cannot breathe. Uh, they're, you know, I, my heart goes out to them and I can understand why people in that situation might think about wanting to have their life cut short. Um, but they are still dignified and that, and we shouldn't argue that um, cutting life short gives them more dignified, a more dignified death, or gives them more dignity. Mm. Their dignity is inherent in the fact that they were created in the image of God. Yeah, that's yeah, that's helpful. Doesn't mean it's not so hard, but it also right. doesn't mean that the journey is pointless. Right. So finally, the last uh, issue for Christians to consider in regards to maid. So a lot of people will pick maid because they're afraid of death. And they feel that this will be a relatively easy, painless way of going and they won't have to uh, endure the final deterioration and perhaps symptoms that are uh, difficult uh, if they just let their life play out naturally. And this is understandable. I mean, Paul calls death the last great enemy, right? And, and death is an, is an unknown. Um, you know, I ask myself, uh, what is it going to be like? I have watched people die uh, hundreds of times, but I've never died myself. And it's a mystery as to what it's actually going to be like. Um, I have a little more confidence in a natural death because I know through my work in palliative care that there are things that we can do to make people relatively comfortable um, and because I've seen so many deaths I know that death is almost always peaceful a lot of people in our society don't have experience with death and so they are fearing something um, that's unknown and they may be imagining it to be actually worse than it is or people have had experience as with death decades ago before we had good palliative care that, that weren't good and that's what they fear because they saw their father die of, you know, struggling at, at, at some time. Um, but as Christians, we need to remember that we have a good shepherd and he walks with us through the dark valley of the shadow of death and whatever happens to us he is with us and we should fear no evil so there is an antidote um to fear Pre I, preach it mom <laughs> it's good i think of uh of dying as very similar uh, to birth to being in labor when i was in labor with you i would not have considered it to be 
pleasant. It was, uh, you know, a pretty miserable number of hours. I'm offended. I'm offended by that. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it either. But uh, it, I knew that at the end of that, there was going to be joy. There was going to be reward. Yeah. And that it was time limited. And, and I think about my dying as the same thing. I think about whatever suffering there may be ahead of me, it is time limited. And there's going to be joy on the other end because I believe in the resurrection. I believe I will be with Christ. I be, believe I will be reunited with family and, and so on. I have hope. Um, and so palliative care can provide uh, help with the symptoms when people are dying and, and, and help with psychological support. The church can provide practical and spiritual support. Jesus is the good shepherd that that uh, helps with that natural fear um, that we have. And our faith uh, provides us hope and maybe even joy uh, in in going through something that naturally causes fear to people and as christians i think it's an it's a time for us to show to others that our faith really works mm -hmm. that yes we may be afraid but we also trust in god yeah i think we well we are the most removed culture from death that there's ever been right and so you can actually live most of your mm -hmm. life mm -hmm. no matter who you are um really not even seeing a death or being around mm -hmm. um, the dying or those who pass away. And so there can be a fear of the unknown of what that'll be like, like you say, like this, this thought that um, it's going to be painful when in most instances it's peaceful, which is a helpful insight. And so there, there, there can always be a, a measure of fear about the process of dying. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But what sometimes I guess stuns me a little bit in regards to confessing Christians is the fear when there's actually an eternity of, of hope and joy and reward and better than what could be imagined being in store it is, is actually promise for, for us. And so it's, it is really helpful to talk about all of these things, to think through these four uh, issues in regards to maid, but, but bigger than that, in, in regards to uh, our faith, the process of dying, and then the life to come. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's really good. And then, of course, Mom, just want to say to you, um, yeah, I'm just really inspired by how you're walking your own journey. You're obviously very thoughtful about these things, but you're... Um, you're practicing what you preach as well, and it's it's powerful to observe. Well, I feel honored to have you ask me to participate. There you go. Mm. It's good to have you, Mom. Thanks for being on my podcast. Yes, you're welcome. Thanks for asking me. Well, as you can imagine, that was a very special conversation to be able to have with my mom. I'm not sure about the kinds of things you talk about with your mom, and if maid is one of them, but uh, that's, that's my life. It's also a real front burner issue in Canada right now, so it's important for us to think about for ourselves and as the landscape changes in our nation. Next week, 
I will get Scott Sauls on the line and we will talk about living as a compelling Christian witness. Talk to you then. Thank you.